This is John Podhoritz, the editor of Commentary Magazine, and for more than two decades, the primary writer on popular culture at the Weekly Standard, and I am so ashamed to have anything to do with these three guys and their ridiculous podcast. I'm humiliated. Take it away, boys. Who found the right code word to play the game. We're in. But it was the wrong computer. Shall we play a game? How can I ask you that? How about mobile, thermal, nuclear, war? Fine. All right. But your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. They hacked into computers and they caused this chaos. Wall Street. The market panicked as officials suspended trading. The Department of Water and Power in Atlanta. LAX. We've lost radar contact. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard, now part of the Ricochet Audio Network. I'm Victor Manis, along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look under podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. The reviews are pouring in. We can't thank you enough. And remember, the more you review, the more we get around or something like that. Speaking of reviews, gentlemen, do we have nominees? JVL. The, my nominee for best review of the week comes from somebody whose username is unpronounceable. It's like SFGC, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the subject header is, that was the worst Michael Caine impression I've ever heard. He, she, it, SVGC, whatever, says, you guys should stop the impressions and stick to ranking things being right about things and then he says something like that i'm not going to read on air but it's super duper funny um and he gave us five stars <laughs> yeah nevertheless five stars sunny uh my review this week comes from uh i heart zach snyder <laughs> zach with an h unfortunately it's not you know guys it's zach with a k that may have already been taken. Zach uh, with a, oh, that's a good point. That's a username. That's Don't good. penalize well, him Well, look, it, it, if you're going to do it, you should say, I heart Zack Snyder 69 or something, <laughs> you know? Uh, the title should be, uh, or the title is- That's a, your username. The title is A Substandard Review, uh, and it begins this way. And I'm, I'm only going to read the first uh, paragraph here, because really that's all that matters, but first paragraph. Gents. In the last few months, Sunny Bunch has made me see the deeper truths of cinema. The other two aren't entirely garbage either. Look, you guys got lots of praise. Lots of praise this week. That's thank you, I heart Zack Snyder with an H. That's, you know. SMDH, Sunny. SMDH, okay? I like. GTFO, come on. I love this one by a woman named Rachu. Uh, she says, I'm a stay-at-home mom of one with one on the way. By the way, this makes me feel like Casey Kasem reading this out. Um, I feel like I have Can you do it in a Casey Kasem <laughs> voice? I feel like I haven't watched a movie in two years. And before that, I never watched anything these guys talk about. But still, I listen to them. I enjoy their hilarious bickering. Sonny's righteous indignation makes me side with them most of the time. But again, I'm really clueless. With another boy on the way, the petty arguments between these guys are preparing me for what's to come. 
Well, Ratchu, you're not really clueless because you listen to us. So we're going to dedicate this song to you. Oh, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> By the way, you ever notice on that Casey Kasem? It was always That's What Friends Are For. It was always that song about somebody who's been with her forever. <laughs> and it was always a woman dedicating a song to another woman. And it was always That's What Friends Are For. Thank you. Um, anyway. So who, who are we voting for? Obviously, I vote for I Heart Zack Snyder. That's a good review. I'm voting for Pregnant Mom. I vote for Ratchu. 100%. Well, and we have to send her like a good a, present, yeah, unlike the normal touchy, like yeah. garbage presents we send to people. We yeah. only, we only really. I mean, I sent a fabulous prize last week that was so fabulous I can't even mention it <laughs> okay. on air. Uh, it, but I don't know. I don't know what should we send. We'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll think of something. We'll think about it. Okay. We'll think of the homemedics noise machine because when oh, you have yeah, a baby right. coming, the, that's yeah, the greatest the, uh, thing the, in the, the universe to have. Sound of oceans and whales. So I'm thing. thinking the homemedics noise machine plus a copy of Layer Cake. Oh wow! <laughs> or plus a copy of Sucker Punch. Well, I, I'll I, vote for Layer Cake, please. <laughs> I beg of you. We'll figure this out off yeah. air. Retchu, you should email or text or tweet at Sonny or Vic. But that, that's great. Or JVL. He's at, at JVLast. He's the one who handles most of this uh, most weeks. So if you really want your prize, you're going to have to tweet at JVLast. Pregnant moms and guys who listen to us while mowing the lawn. Yeah. That's good. Those, good. those are the cross section. You enjoyed that swig, JVL? Okay. Um, Believe, wow, we ready for Spirit of the Week? Uh, uh, believe it or, <laughs> believe, yeah, we're going to fast forward to Spirit of the Week. Uh, believe it or not, uh, there there were some people who did not like our guest last week, Sir Michael Caine. I, really, it's unfortunate. We we went to a lot of effort oh, to fly God. him out here and put him up in a fancy hotel, and he came into our studio, and you jackals out there you just didn't you didn't appreciate it i understand he was a little subdued maybe he was drinking a little bit a little bit you know hitting the brandy a little early uh he seemed out of sorts you know and he was nervous to be with us but that's understandable that makes sense it is the substandard that makes sense uh but i'm, I'm going to use that as a threat from now on uh, you know if, uh, i'm going to tell people you know continue listening to us or we'll bring back michael kane <laughs> that's what i'm going to say <laughs> moving right along uh how was your weekend gentlemen uh sunny uh, my weekend was fine. Went to a nice wedding uh, and spent some time with the family. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was it was you know there was a lot going on in DC this weekend. Oh. There was a you know it was funny. It took me about five minutes to get to uh, the edge of town, and then another fifteen minutes to go the the half mile from the from the beginning of the District of Columbia to the National Press Club, which yeah. is where the wedding was. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was great. It was nice. Good. JVL. I'm a little sore this morning. It was uh, to ask. sunny out. Now we took uh, my son and I, my older son and I, took down a tree yesterday oh. and then oh. played some baseball. And you know, I'm, the same stuff I'm sure you did, Vic. Oh. I will tell you what I did with my children, but that'll wait for the Spirit of the Week segment. <laughs> yes, think about that one. Um, Ooh, teaser. Uh, yes. Now, uh, Sonny, something's been bothering you. You remind me of uh, Jeannie from Ferris Bueller. You know, hello, Sonny. Who's bothering you now? Yeah. Um, yeah. It has to do with um, fast casuals, chains, and something someone wrote. Please elaborate. There's a there's a man on the internet by the name of David Wolf who wrote a piece called uh, Eight Chain Restaurants You Should Never Eat At. All caps, never. He was very emphatic about this. And, uh, you know, at first I thought it was going to be one of these garbage, you know, random rankings of things. Who even likes that? sort of crap 
Kidding. You know, ooh, rankings is very worst. sticky. Rankings, rankings is very anyway. sticky. Anyway, uh, so I I was, you know, I settled in and I was prepared for something something silly. And I got something even worse than silly. I got uh, I got not the standard kind of rube baiting, you know. Oh, look at all this affordable food that's delicious and you can take your family to. You know, I didn't. we didn't get any of that. I wasn't <laughs> expecting the anti-science claptrap of Mr. Wolf's piece. Before getting to the restaurants you should never go to, he gives you reasons why never to go there. Four reasons. Uh-huh. One is antibiotics. Right. Two, GMOs. Also known as antibiotics. Antibiotics. <laughs> GMOs. Farmed fish and excessive calories. Now, I'll grant the excessive calories, but I won't, actually. I'll come back to that. The antibiotics, I mean, look, I, I understand that you know the left hates the factory farming. All it's managed to do is feed uh, more people for less cost than at any point in human history, turning meat into a... Uh, uh, a a standard staple instead of a luxury for the the more unfortunate. Speak for among yourself. Us. Better dead than fed, Sonny. Uh, GMOs. Oh yeah, you know what's terrible about GMOs? Nothing. Nothing is bad about GMOs. They're fantastic. Uh, they're helping to uh, feed the impoverished people of the world. We should have GMOs in everything. I wish I had a GMO right now. I wish I had some GMO wheat. I just eat it. GMO greater sign BPA. Yes, exactly. Uh, farmed fish. You know what? You know what's amazing about farmed fish? Uh, doesn't lead to the depletion of the world's fish stocks, and it, it's filled with all the good. And you know, one of the reasons I, I will say farm fish from the United States, not farm fish from China. Thank you. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, Trust me, you I'll, don't want I'll, that. I'll eat, I'll eat it all. Uh, the farmed fish, full of toxins and pesticides. Oh no! You know what else it's full of? <laughs> Omega threes or whatever the good stuff, uh, you know what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe. If we have to worry about the the toxins and the pesticides, shouldn't we be worried about the the fish from the the wild that's filled with mercury? It's gonna go right to your brain and and anyway. Uh, so and the excessive calories. Now look, as somebody who's recently lost some weight, I found that who's uh, that? eating. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, you, me, no. you. Sorry, Sonny. I have. I did find that eating out was. Slightly more difficult because you know you go you go to Chili's and you get a thing of chips and salsa and that's like it's seventeen thousand calories right there fine, but in this piece he totally ignores all of the great low calorie options that they have. For instance, the Cheesecake Factory has the atrociously named but incredibly healthy and very tasty Skinny Licious menu. <laughs> On the Skinny Licious menu, you can get things like the Asian chicken salad. Oh, how oh, dare you, no. Why are you looking uh, at me? No. Or the Skinny Licious soft tacos both of which are under 600 calories. He says Chili's is unhealthy, but you can get lighter options like the classic sirloin with grilled avocado <laughs> or the mango chili chicken. I am just saying that if you if you make an effort, if you make an effort, you can avoid the excessive calories charge. Instead of eating at chains, he wants us to eat at local restaurants. You know what's terrible? Local restaurants. <laughs> Filled with awful food, uh, poorly made, no quality control, and no, there's no a reason. No there's standards. a reason they go out of business. Every successful restaurant that is good becomes a chain. If it was good, it would be a chain already. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, to David our, Wolf, to our, I forgot to mention to our listeners that we've added a new segment, which is Sonny does Andy Rooney. Sonny gets angry. Okay. That's just my life. That's actually just my Twitter feed. If you follow me at, at Sunny Bunch, uh, you'll you'll see stuff like this all the time. Anyway, uh, so uh, David Wolf can, d- okay. you know, he can really? just do a whole. He bunch can eat of, a what? Really? He can eat a just a bag of, of bag of apples, <laughs> non-GMO apples. Ugh. 
GMO okay. apples. Well, They're awesome. The there's a chain restaurant where you could order extra GMOs. I would def. I would go to that place. I would be like, look, is I want super I want a, GMO yes, menu. Apples want, the size of watermelon. I would call. I would call it. I would call it science foods, <laughs> and 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 I would have Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tell us, tell all the people to go there because science foods are the did, best foods. Did you ever notice the inverse relationship between people who profess to revere science, yes. capital S, yes. in some aspects of their lives, mm-hmm. and then detest oh. it mm-hmm. in others? Yeah, and also, yeah, none of right. the none of these people have taken math above like algebra two. This is uh, somebody who well, who actually majored in hard science. Let's not. There let's is not, no. Fet- let's not start sneering at people who can't do math. There is no. Fe- anyone who fetishizes organic chemistry or linear algebra has never actually taken them. I, I remember when I did the uh, the Bourbon Trail uh, two years ago now or three years ago now uh, in Kentucky, and uh, there was a uh, journalist from Europe. And all her questions had to do with GMO, like for the wheat, for the beer, oh, for the for the for the bourbon, yeah, rather. And yeah. where, where does it come from? You know, where, how do you know that the court? These guys from Kentucky, they just sort of roll with. Oh no, we assure you, it is. Yeah, it's all it's all no locally, worry, locally made here. Yeah. Sun, Sonny, surely you would allow that there are some garbage chains. Yes. Well, obviously, if we're like doing a top to bottom ranking of mm. the chains, some chains are better than others. But if chain, if a chain was bad, mm-hmm. it would go out of business. So therefore, using you don't using see, the transitive just using trolling. the transitive theory, if <laughs> a chain was good, if, if, cha- if a chain was bad, it would go out of business. A chain is not out of business. Therefore, the chain is good. Mm-hmm. For example, Chi-Chi's not around anymore. Bad. It was bad. It was no Chili's. That's for sure. Chili's is still here. It's amazing. So Cheesecake the, Factory, which I know you love. So the largest JVL. chain is therefore the best chain. Oh wow! Exactly, McDonald's. So okay, right. Okay. McDonald's so, is so, the best chain. Right. The best food. The, the best no, food. Let's just say the, the best. The food. best right. food in America. You cannot get a meal that is better than a McDonald's meal. Any so McDonald's meal. Vic. So you yes. would say that the French Laundry, of which there is only one of, yes. It's probably not very good. Probably not nearly as good as McDonald's because there are lots of McDonald's, <laughs> but only one French laundry. Yes. Right. Is this, is this, are you going to talk about Dublin too? We're going to have this. Uh, this are um, you doing Gordon Ramsay? I'm not Did sure Gordon what he's doing. I thought you were Just doing Spinal Tap in Dublin. No, I'm doing Spinal Tap. This, this is, is this Dublin. Is, yes. Uh, yeah. In Dublin. Uh, no, of course the French laundry is better. But it's affordable and it's, it's edible and it's affordable and it's consistent. You go anywhere around the world. You know, if you're not sure what to get, if you're just McDonald's, you know what? It's going to be. It's going there to be something you can go to. There is more variation in quality at McDonald's than people mm. realize. There are good McDonald's and there are bad McDonald's. Okay. Yes. All right. Fine. And you want? You want to talk about the bad McDonald's? You want to go there? Well, where are you thinking about JVL? What places? What kind of places have bad? I'm McDonald's, just saying that JVL? even with even within my little town, where we have one, two, three, four, four McDonald's that I'm aware where of. Where you live now. Where I live now, okay. so a little like Serban Town, there is a clear cardinality of which one of these McDonald's is the best and which one is the worst in terms of getting your food correct, getting the food prepped well, and getting the food that is not old and has been sitting there. I mean, and I'm, I'm kidding. Like, JBL, it really does JBL, matter. what you and I used to call flagships, it's search for flagship McDonald's. You want right? fla- McDonald's that are run by a good manager. I assume that this is what it is. Is that it's all about the manager who, the manager who is. Oh, Sonny, what do you think? I would you, say, do, yeah. you, do you not disagree? Have you not had no, this? No, of ex- course. Of course. You you have the good McDonald's and you have the bad McDonald's. You can usually tell which is the good one by which one is clean. By the way, 
That is, if they, that is yeah, yeah, that's, that's if they're if they're true. if they're clean, mm-hmm. if they if they've been mopped, if the bathrooms are well stocked and right. clean, you have a McDonald's that has run well. And if it's run well in that regard, it's usually run well in all the others. That used to drive Ray Kroc crazy because he'd go on these surprise yeah. inspections, and then if he found things, uh, the other thing was if you're having stuff on the uh, menu we, that's not on the menu. Did we know? talk about the founder? Did no, we, did we, we talk did. about that at all? No, we, no. We, pretty sure we did a segment did on we? that. Did we? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> pretty I, pretty I remember sure we either. did a segment on that. Maybe we did. Okay. Anyway, you should. everyone should see The Founder. Yeah. It's really good. It kind of gets yeah. to the yeah. kind of central problem of McDonald's. I the would, central problem and the central benefit of McDonald's. All of Which the McDonald's. Chain? Yeah, go. I was going to say really quickly, JVL, yeah. all of the McDonald's I have ever been to on the continent of Europe have all been good and maybe superior to the ones. But that's a slightly higher. They taste a little different. The meat tastes different. And and the filet of fish comes from the North but Sea. But the, the people who are going to the McDonald's in Europe are going for Curses. a slightly different experience. No, I, like it's it's like a meal out. It's like a trip out. Ah, it's you get a lot of tourists who don't know where to go, okay. and so go there too. But still, I find it tasting better, and it's the polite, good service, and neat. The sandwich is neat. It's not disheveled. It's not a disheveled. You don't get a disheveled yeah, Big no, Mac no, kind no. of with a. And that's the that's the test. The test off. is the Big Mac, and how much of the lettuce is like all over the place. Is that McDonald's really is. a minimum wage job in Europe? It was a real question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I went to the McDonald's in Bratislava, and it was wonderful. So, so here's my question: What chain would you say has the smallest amount of quality variance mm. from its sort of best outlet to its worst outlet, in your experience? Uh, I would. I don't know, Vic. What do you think? What, what's your? I don't, you know what? Uh, some of the best chains I've ever been to. Uh, are ones that have only been once, and so in my mind, I imagine it's like that everywhere. It's perfect but every this is time. What I hear. Ready right. for this? Culvers from the Midwest. Everybody loves Culvers, yeah. and they're talking too. about butter burgers and concretes. And you talk to our Wisconsin friends, Stephen F. Hayes or John McCormick, they can't say enough about Culvers. When my wife, you know, uh, you know, uh, worked for a congressman from Wisconsin, um, you know, and she was out there, Culvers, and that's our good friend Bill Walsh. Uh, is a big fan of Culver's and, and, and everything about it. So I went there uh, back in 2012 uh, when I was doing stuff for the Vodka Book. I was in Middleton, Wisconsin, and went to a Culver's, and it was unbelievably good. And it was just your average suburban location. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it was just it just tasted, everything tasted perfect. There was nothing, and it was clean. Again, yeah. uh, one of the benchmarks is, is, is cleanliness. So Culver's is one. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Shake Shack? Well, I don't yeah. Know. JBL, I would say, uh, to answer your question, JBL, I would say that the the uh, new breed of fast, casual, like slightly higher scale uh, uh, fast food joints have all been extremely good and extremely quality conscious. So like Chipotle, I have had the same baseline experience at basically all of them. Um uh, Five Guys, for instance, is extremely high in, in quality. I have found, with the exception of the fries, which huge can be problem. A bit, the fries, the fries yeah. vary I'd, wildly, I actually, not I actually, only from unit to unit, yeah. but even within store, unit. store, mm. store to store. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I think the Five Guys fries. I prefer Five Guys to In and Out, which is another place that has a very high quality, like very steady baseline, which we don't have here. In which the East we do, Coast, we don't have here in the East Coast. Uh, but like, I, I, I find Five Guys fries to be the most wildly overrated product. In existence, I actually really like Five Guys. I prefer Five Guys to In and Out, but it's based entirely on the strength of the burger, which is big and juicy and meaty. Except when they're good. When when they do the fries right, they can't be beat. But that's like one in ten visits. Yeah, maybe one in seven. Yeah, Shake Shack has very good fries. 
Shake Shack does have the, they have yeah. the crinkle cut fries yeah, crinkle when you cut put the cheese a, on them. Yes, oh my and God. the cheese, and it lasts longer. I love yeah, McDonald's. No, they're four fifty for an order. Well, that's of a small thing. order of yes, cheese fries. Right. It's at not Shake really, Shack. You, can't yeah, know if you can call it fast food per se. It's not food for. Are you saying it's too expensive? It's delicious. I find Shake Shack to be for what it is insanely overpriced. Overpriced like to such taste. a degree that I can't understand its success. I, I like I the know. taste, but I feel like I could have more of it. And I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to spend for two burgers, but I really do feel like, you know, after one. You could eat two burgers. Oh, easily. 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 No, no, they, and they give easily. you, those are small burgers. They give Tasty, you a small amount of fries. Not but uh, delicious. Uh, so uh, do you guys have, a, a, I don't know, a ranking of your favorite fast food places, perhaps, or something like that, or anything? Or no? Because We've I done of, this before. We've done we, this have we done we've, this? We've done this before, but not, not on the show, I don't think. I thought I don't, that might have been remember. on the Mysterious Missing episode. Uh, it might but be. I'm not sure. It might be. Um, maybe I would we did t- talk the about only, it. I'm the only one that matters is Chili's. It's the best. For I fast casual. Chili's. I love Chili's. JVL. JVL. <laughs> What's that look on your face? Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory. I mean, it's not even a discussion. I will give you an honorable mention for the Cheesecake Factory. Yes, like many of these places, it's what you call dump and stir. Nothing is made on premise, right? Everything is pre-made. You go there. It's <laughs> is called that, is that what it's yeah, called? That's it's called the term dump, of art? Yeah, that's the term in the industry. It's dump and stir. So you put it in there, and then they just have to reheat everything and serve it. That said, uh, two things. Uh, Sonny, as you mentioned, one of the complaints that people have is, uh, oh, it's so much in the calories. It's ridiculous. There's no sign, as far as, I'm, uh, as, as far as I know, at the Cheesecake Factory, which says you must clean your plate before you leave. No, it's you lunch the next day. Every, yeah. Exactly. Right. Cheesecake Factory is the dinner and the next That's day's right. lunch. Yeah. In which case, it's a great deal. Yeah. You don't have to finish everything. And you're right. You don't. Have, nobody says you have to order the factory meatloaf. Right, right, right. You right. can get some from that skinny menu. Skinny-licious. I, I take that skinny menu and I throw it back at the waiter. <laughs> I said, just, you just throw it right in I his said, face. How dare you're you? This, this guy on the... Oh the my cover God! Of the he just catalog oh looks like bag. he orders from the skinny I, I thought that was Playgirl. Could you just, I thought you brought Playgirl. Could you just put that away? He God, looks like he. There's the, we just have there's a Prana catalog in the studio. I did not bring it. Maybe he literally on. he JBL has literally placed a Prana catalog in the studio, so everyone who yeah. comes in here to, in our spacious, yeah. not closet sized studio, everyone who comes in here <laughs> has to look has at to look immediately at it. It's just why don't you pin it on the wall? Yeah, you should start. You should start like cutting. You should start cutting pages yeah, out and I'm, putting I'm, them I'm on the wall. I'm going to laminate it for you. How do you like that? Oh. Uh, uh, no, JVL, um, you know who had nice things? You ha- you know who had nice things to say about the Cheesecake Factory? Who? who Our, uh, my, Chris Caldwell the late or great, uh, The late, great Michelle Richard, the French chef. Your buddy. Yes, I was about to make a joke about it, and he said, you know what, though? He goes, you go there, and they have food from every cuisine every ethnic cuisine and whatever one you know you like you can get it there it's amazing he just thought it was an amazing place where it's you know one there's something for everybody he said there's something for everybody you can get korean you can get italian you can get french it's wonderful so that's what he had to say and i'll leave it at that okay um moving right along uh, the fate of the furious. That's a weak transition. Uh, there was no transition. God. The fate of the. Hey, furious. You know what? I admire that for its craftsmanship. Thank you. Mm. I just said, just let's go. Uh, fate of the furious was back on top this weekend at nineteen point three million dollars, followed by How to Be a Latin Lover at twelve million, and Bahubali two, the conclusion. I was wondering how he was going to get through that. Thank you. At ten million, did anything else come out this weekend? Oh, uh, mm. 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 is there another movie that after uh, Bahubali? Mm. Uh, I believe it is called The Circle. <gasps> Who does that star? Oh, it stars Tom Hanks and Miss Emma Watson and John Boyega. And it came in 
at $9.3 million. Can I say this uh, uh, to, you, to you guys? Um, it just barely edged out Boss Baby. <whistles> Boss Baby um, has now ma- has been out now for five years and has made $17 trillion. I don't know if you know that. Boss Baby is $17 trillion. Uh, wow. Yeah, it only cost $1,000 uh, to make. That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. No, okay. It's and we, about, it's and you know to- that studios often inflate this is deadly oh. true. The opening weekend grosses. So they will, if they knew, I don't know, was this a Paramount? I forget who did the circle. Uh, if they know it's close, they will just erroneously report a couple extra hundred thousand dollars extra and then they'll correct it come okay. Thursday. Yep. Would not surprise me if when we see the corrected numbers, mm-hmm. it actually right. does Today's put the circle Today's number at Box Office Mojo is 9.3. I'll be interested to see. If yeah, that includes changes. estimates. So what on earth happened here? Uh, well, I mean, it's a fascinating kind of misfire. I haven't seen it uh, because they didn't screen it for critics. And I don't know the last time a wide release, m- relatively modestly budgeted at about $20 million plus uh, publicity and advertising. But I can't remember the last time a wide release Tom Hanks movie did not get screened for critics. I don't know the last time it opened cold. I like it, This is a totally fascinating phenomenon to be it's based on uh, a best-selling novel it's like yeah, has Dave decent intellectual it stars you know the the woman who is in the biggest what will probably end up being the biggest or second biggest movie of the year domestically uh beauty and the beast um i i i am just totally kind of flummoxed and shocked by the way they've handled this apparently it's bad it got a d plus from cinema score which Ooh. is a it is the that's the score that audiences who actually pay to see it give it opening night so like it i some people sneer at cinema score because it's like normal people giving their ratings, but I actually find it to be incredibly useful because it is people who have paid to see a movie and are therefore interested in it. So, like, does it meet their expectations? And the answer was clearly no on this. Um, so, you know, it, it is a it is just this kind of fascinating misfire. And I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to make of it. If it was just audiences are, are didn't know what it was about. I certainly didn't until I read the novel this this week and uh you know i don't know if it was the the audiences don't care about tom hanks anymore which is probably getting close to true if the the movie star is dead then i think tom hanks's career outside of kind of bigger you know uh uh bigger huger budgeted type stuff is is in a lot of trouble i don't know what do you think jbl well my question to you is you just read the book and i have not even done Mm. that how cinematic is the book i mean the the book do you read that and think to yourself Boy, I bet this would make a great movie. Or was it a stretch to get the project into a movie form? So I think that so the novel uh, again by Dave Eggers is a uh, it, it is an interesting book insofar as it's like it's very mediocre. It's I I wasn't like blown away by it as a piece of literary fiction, as a piece of you know writing or whatever. But it it is it is kind of perfect in the way it captures. Um, some of the more absurd aspects of Silicon Valley. Hold on, let me just pull out the book. Yeah, um, but I mean, think about I mean the the Social Network. Uh, that was a book that became a very successful movie. But and the movie's better than the book. Yeah. Oh yeah, much. <laughs> the much movie's better. way better much than the better. book. Uh, so you know, the one of the things that this this book really gets at is the kind of absurd. Um, uh, cult-like nature of uh, 
uh, Hooli. <laughs> it's Hooli, right? I mean, this really is the from Silicon Valley. The, the Do you guys watch right. Silicon Valley? No, I need to no, add that to my it's list. Really, it's yeah, really excellent. Yeah. But one of the, the, I think, so Sonny has often said that the most true-to-life fictional series about politics in mm-hmm. Washington mm-hmm. is not the West Wing, it's Veep. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, not living in Silicon Valley, I do not know this to be true, but it strikes me that it's probably true that Silicon Valley is the most accurate true-to-life representation of how things actually work out there. Right. Uh, including the messianic insanity yeah. uh, and the cult-like yeah. nature of all of these yeah. these companies. Yeah. And so the bad guy company in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley is called Hooli. It is vaguely Google-like. Uh, and what's sinister about it isn't that they are stealing people's work or using lawsuits or anything like that, but it's that everything they do is couched under the making the world a better yeah. place. And, right. you know, even even on like the tram bus for the workers to get to the Hooli campus headquarters, there's a video of the founder talking about how they are all making the yeah. world a better place by using like, you know, B2B yeah. link compression. And, right. Yeah. So this is Sorry. one of the things that struck me as I'm reading the book is that this book doesn't really make any sense as a kind of techno thriller. It doesn't make sense as a, a movie like The Net or Hackers or something like that. We can come back to those in a minute because yeah. uh, I know we want to talk about tech movies and how terrible they all are. But it would work as a Mike Judge satire of Silicon Valley, of like the of the the kind of absurd life that these people lead and the absurd beliefs that they all have. So here's here's just a, a passage from the book. Okay. Uh, this is one of the characters who she is she's she's trying to deci- to decide whether or not she wants to uh, unlike an image she wants to she went so okay. uh, next to the photo was a frown button that said quote we denounce the central Guatemalan security forces end quote may hesitated briefly knowing the gravity of what she was about to do to come out against these rapists and murderers but she needed to make a stand she pushed the button an auto response thanked her noting that she was the 24,726th person to send a smile to Anna Maria and the 19,282nd to send a frown to the paramilitaries. Now, this is the sort of thing that you couldn't like write with a straight face unless you realize the absurdity of what these people are doing. And I think that you could make a movie out of this that treats this milieu like Mike Judge treats the office park milieu of office space or something like that. The kind of self-importance, the self-aware or the lack of self-awareness, the like idea that, you know, your slacktivism is really changing the world. Instead, they played it straight. Instead, they play it straight. And Tom Hanks plays this kind of villainous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually don't know exactly which role Tom Hanks plays because, again, I haven't seen it. But there is there's a role in this book that would actually be perfect for him as this kind of oblivious uh, guy who believes in total transparency and the idea that we should all know everybody's secrets and that a secret is theft. Privacy is theft. That's like one of the ideas of this. I read this that guy piece had. in Wired like right. ten years ago. So exactly. So like the the there is a there is a there is a character in there that would be perfect for Tom Hanks. And I I don't know that it works for him in this movie because I f- get the sense mm-hmm. that he's being asked to play it straight. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll know later this week when I go see Wait, it because I am going to go see it. Is the book satire? No. Well, I mean, the book is deeply critical of Silicon Valley. It is like deeply. It is like a you know kind of look at our. But is it coming. played for laughs? I mean, is this Chris is, Buckley does Silicon Valley? I don't. Or is no, it no, I don't. More I, angels and demons. It's it's definitely more. Uh, it is it's more like. Jonathan Franz and you know kind of like here's our times and look at look mm-hmm. at you know so mm-hmm. there there are absurdities in it but it is not a absurd and comic novel interesting 
the uh, what else could be the problem though with it? Is it just bad writing? Then it can't be bad acting. It's got to be bad. Couldn't writing. be the problem of the female lead. Uh-oh. You know what? It's I not, knew you were going to say it's that. Not her fault. You right? know what? I'm, I knew you were going to say that. And look, she, she obviously is responsible for. Remember responsible all of them. Hold on. Millions hold on. Of dollars. Stand by. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. She has so many Twitter followers that Variety wrote a piece crediting her for the massive opening yes, yes. of Beauty and the yes, Beast with right. her social right. following. Yes, so right. surely it's got to be the writing she then, or the director, could have or the advertising, or the marketing. JBL. The cer- no, no. Is me, it not let me, true? Let me explain this. Can I say this? Okay. Uh, there was uh, in the news uh, Comcast uh, reported. Uh, very positive quarterly earnings, right? In the millions and millions of dollars that they were up. They were up way ahead of projections. Great news. And I thought, why is Comcast doing so well? Oh, right, because most of it was coming from Universal, right? Oh, this is interesting, I thought. I looked into this deeper. And Universal was helped, it buoyed Comcast. And one of the reasons was Universal, not necessarily from the pictures, but from the theme park. (gasps) And I said, oh, wait, this is interesting. Why do people go to the Universal theme park? And they go to the theme park because they really want to go see uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And I thought, why would people want to go to the Wizard World of Harry Potter? It's obvious they're all going there to see Hermione. So really, uh, once again, using the Sunny Bunch yeah. transitive property, right. Emma Watson, Comcast, billions of dollars. Thank yeah. you. Do That's you, a good point. Do you follow her on Twitter? No, I don't. I, 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 don't want, I don't want my image to be destroyed. Thank you. I, I, a lot of thank yous today. If you're playing the... Uh, um, <laughs> is there a thank bingo? you? Is there a thank oh, there's you a thank you one and lots no. of lots of chips on that. So, uh, Vic, you ask why this movie failed, and it failed yes, for, I imagine, the reason that all techno thrillers fail, basically. All, you know, none of these movies are ever any good. False. Uh, and it's, well, I mean, regardless of whether or not they're any good, very few of them are ever successful. Can we say that? False. Okay. But continue. Right. Don't, right. don't let this stop Fine. your point. Keep Fine. Going. Go ahead, Sonny. And that is because techno thrillers are always hopelessly outdated by the time they hit movie theaters. The lead time is so long, and technical trends shift and swirl so rapidly that a movie like, say, The Net looks ridiculous within six months of its release. Uh, or the movie Hackers, which I love a great deal, one of uh, Angelina Jolie's early pictures, yeah, Johnny right. Lee Miller uh, also in that. Is is like so. It, it is like a hilariously fun movie, but also like extremely silly. You know, they're talking about their twenty eight eight modems, and they're like three hundred megs of of memory, and like it's just like wow, that's and and, that's, and even at the time, I was like, that doesn't feel that fast to me. But I'm you know also just a just a rube in Stafford County, Virginia. What do I know? Uh, and the net, Sonny, that was with Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. That's Sandra Bullock, and she's she's you know being chased by uh, a secretive uh, uh, guy who who knows all of her secrets. I believe isn't Dennis Miller in that movie? Yes. Or no? he, yes. Yeah, he plays her boss. I think. Yeah. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah Dennis yeah, Miller yeah. was in it, and. Uh, do you remember the tagline? Because they kept them playing on the commercials. They always had her saying, if they can get to me, they can get to you. Yeah. Right? That's great. That's I love all these movies, too, because they there was a there was a time on HBO where they were playing basically in a loop. It was like, you know what? You know what people want? They want a vision of the future. <laughs> Let's give them the net and hackers over and over again. The net and hackers? So. Good. Uh, Jonathan. JVL, you seem to disagree with my idea that these movies are all bad. You have thoughts. And they don't make money. Go ahead. Well, many of them are bad, and many of them don't make money, but not all of them. And they tend to be low budget. Interestingly okay. enough, they're not a ton of super high budget. Uh, well, in fact, and the circles was only like eighteen million. dollars. The circle was a uh, eighteen million dollar. Mm-hmm. Which, budget. when I saw that, I immediately thought, 
were were Emma Watson and Tom Hanks working for scale? How do you do that movie with those two people for eighteen million dollars? Very good question. Good question. Yeah. Anyway, so when you look at the the development of the techno thriller, starting in the nineteen eighties, they were all but just about computers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and so with these things, they focus on little objects uh, in technology development that are people's phobias. And so first, you had things like uh, the lawnmower man and war games in the nineteen eighties. That then morphed into the late nineties, mid nineties, into techno thrillers about the internet like source code and uh, in the net. Then we had them about the surveillance state, so which sort of merged both the internet and real-time satellites and drones, mm-hmm. and things like Enemy of the State, the Enemy Will Smith State. And Gene Hackman. And then AI. Now, AI, of course, predates this. AI goes all the way back to at least 2001, but they're probably earlier, or 2000 in the movie. Westworld. I mean, you could go back to, like, Westworld. No, no, I'm so I mean, I, I'm sorry. By AI, I mean artificial intelligence itself. And so artificial okay. intelligence as a fetish object goes back at least to the Kubrick 2001. I don't mean the year 2001. I mean to HAL 9000. Oh, 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 right, right, 2001, right, right, right. A Space yeah. Odyssey, and pro- probably before then. Yeah. Um, and now we have robots. So you have robot movies like West, Westworld, which is not a movie, but you have Ex Machina, which, or Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. And so these things all, and then you have like the Matrix, which are all of these actually mashed together, right. and then a whole separate consider, category of biological techno thrillers, which would be like Jurassic Park and Gattaca and the entire collected works of David Cronenberg. Well, so I, you're really stretching what techno thriller means, I think, when you throw in like Jurassic Park. I don't think that that the I mean, novel is, of Jurassic Park is a straight techno thriller. Okay, I am in the middle okay. of reading it right now. Oh, Jurassic Park. Isn't it fantastic? It's so good. It is. I have to censor parts, uh, obviously, uh, for uh, for Michael, you know, like profanity, but not like where the guts get torn out. That, right. That, yeah. I keep that part in. But <laughs> the belly spills out on yeah, the floor. Oh, do, my gosh. Do we do have any that's page 218. Dubbing. That's so do you do the, and yeah. so he said, what the fudge are you yeah, doing? No, I do you well, do like the, the bad airplane dubbing? Yes, I do. I do bad airplane dubbing, right? Drop that egg roll. You know, uh, <laughs> That was for police again. That was for police academy, uh, but no, I do a lot of heck. Would you record the audiobook version of that for <laughs> me? I feel like that would yeah. be a good uh, yeah. for Jurassic Park substandard yeah. Yeah, segment. Be, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, no, but so yeah, some of ahead. these, some it's they're not always hopelessly behind. Sometimes they're actually way out in front, so far out in front that it's almost like science fiction, like Gattaca is. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can just say that they're all bad. Techno thrillers, it's it's tough to get right because you do tend to either be too far ahead or too far be- too behind. Present. Too present. Yeah. Too present, which makes you too far behind. Right. And uh, But there are good ones. And, and it is interesting. They really do serve as a way, in the way that like you look at the WWF and whoever the villains are at the moment in the history of professional wrestling, that's where the American culture's uh, anxiety was focused. So you had like bad Russians during the Cold War, bad Iranians during the Iran hostage uh, crisis, uh, bad bankers during the 90s. I think that's true about the techno thrillers, right? These things focus wherever our technological anxieties are. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of interesting to shift. And some of them are great. 2001 is a techno thriller in its own way. And surely you would not say yes. that Stanley Kubrick Computers. made a ridiculous yes. movie. No, Stanley Kubrick only makes good movies. But I, uh, but out I, of control. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of a techno thriller movie. It is more of a space opera I would say in Both. a in a in a very not in a not in a Star Wars sense, but in a like spaceships dancing to music sense. Um, 
both, though. I mean, it is about technology and where technology yeah. is taking us as human beings. Yeah. I loved war games. And, of course, that ties in computers and, of course, evil government. Right. More like the enemy of the state. Right. Right. I think what makes the circle different, this is all private sector, right? I mean, right. Have it, well, yeah. well one, of the, one of the subplots in the book, and again, I don't know if they do this in the movie, but one of the subplots is they want to make it so everyone has to, uh, if you want to vote, you have to have a membership in this tech company, the circle. You have to, like... Basically, they'll run all government services through the circle, which would be it's like it is a it's a yeah, kind of sure. interestingly sure. totalitarian idea, which, yeah. again, we're like still kind of we're 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 far away from, but like not so far that you couldn't actually see it happening. Right. I'd be fine if it was Amazon running everything. See, right. <laughs> I mean, this is the real problem here is that uh, there are enough of us who would be OK with it. You'd be frankly. OK with it. I mean, obviously, Look, I would be okay not with OK it. if it was Google. Not OK if it was Facebook. But if it was Amazon. Amazon sure. Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. I love I loved war games by the way so much I had the game on ColecoVision. What was that like? So how did you oh, play you that actually, game? I always did. You, did you actually well, have to so play Tic Tac Toe against? Only here at the Substandard will you find out how war games was played on ColecoVision. Uh, first of all, you pop in the cartridge, right? Did you have to blow on the cartridge to get to start? A little sometimes? bit. Yeah, you had to get the you had to get the dust out. Yes, and then uh, the opening screen it would say, you know, uh, oh, hello or welcome, Professor Falcon. Shall we play a game? Now, okay, it didn't say it. It just, it just read the text. I actually said it out loud though when I played it. Of course, you know, I had to use the computer voice. Did you, while you were sitting it? there by yourself? Well, Could you there, please sitting, do the computer voice for us? <laughs> Shall we play a game? Thank you. <laughs> that was awful. Hey, Michael Caine, what are you doing here? Uh, no, uh, every every bad impression we're going to blame on. Michael. Michael Caine. Uh, um, so anyway, and then you have to protect the United States from incoming nuclear missiles, and they're coming from submarines, and they're coming from you know surface-to-surface -surface ICBMs and bombers, and you had to toggle between six quadrants of the United States, and then you know put your cursor over the bomber or the missile and play mini missile command style, missile command style, and it goes on for like twenty. If you can last for something like I don't know ten or twenty minutes, then you win. You actually beat the computer. There's no tic-tac-toe. But um, they try to make it so that you're going to lose a few cities here and there. And uh, But that's cool, too. Do you get to blow up cities in Russia? I'm, or trying, you to think if there was, I'm trying to think if there was a, a Russian equivalent or where you play the Russians attacking America. In my mind, it's only you defending America from, you know. So it's just the, the skill is being able to multitask, obviously, with six different quadrants or whatever it is. And they're coming from all different directions. And uh, I love that game. Um, I was going to say, um, uh, if you go back, that movie was 1983. Um, and uh, the website IT World had a great thing from a few years ago where it uh, talked about all the different um, uh, machines uh, and computers that David uh, uh, had, Matthew Broderick had in war games. And it is funny, as you were talking about that, something like with, uh, with hackers. Um, but this is 1983. So um, David's computer, for example, was an 8-bit Intel 8080 microprocessor with up to 64K of RAM. And that's enough to hack into NORAD, apparently. <laughs> um, and it, the computer was called IMSI, which I'm not familiar with at all, I-M-S-A-I. Uh, it was dual 8-inch floppy disks, uh, drives, and the phone acoustic coupler. So remember, yes. not just a dial-up modem, but you had to put it because it would translate the sound into the signal. Yes, people, JBL. People forget that before you had like an, you know, 50 baud modem where you could run the, the telephone jack yes. directly in the back of the computer, mm -hmm. before that existed, it was an acoustic coupler that you put your actual physical phone receiver yeah. into. This is... 
if you go deeper into this stuff, you find the entire hacking world actually began with a bunch of guys who were known as phone freaks. Do you, you know about yeah, yeah. this, Sonny? And- uh, I know about it because it's a subplot in Hackers. They oh, that's do like, right. They do like the guys who are doing the tones so they yes. can call anyone for free. <laughs> yeah. There's, there, I was wondering if that could work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. There have been a few New Yorker and Wired and a couple other places have done massive like retrospectives about this. And it is an amazingly cool subculture from which just doesn't exist anymore. Yes, um, and and of course those floppy disks, which every five and a quarter. Uh, yes, right. and the, I remember I remember two brands, Verbatim, and yes. Elephant, because an elephant never forgets. And we were, I was, believe it or not, it was 1996. I was still at the weekly. I just started the Weekly Standard in 1996, and uh, the late Robert Novak had submitted a piece that we were publishing, and he submitted by floppy disk. In 1996, Wait, he like mailed over a floppy disk. Yes, he mailed over a floppy disk, and I believe, uh, in the words of Richard Starr, he said, uh, "He said, yeah, welcome to the uh, 20th effing century," is what he said to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a floppy. Wait, disk. did we still have fl- a floppy drive in the? We might have had one, and probably was in Richard's office because he had all the old computer stuff. Yeah, yeah. and then we That's switched crazy. over to diskettes, and then and then faxes, of course, and scanners and things like that. That's then, actually yeah. that is actually kind of amazing because it is a, a floppy disk. Would be actually more annoying to get than just a like an actual printed manuscript, which I know we occasionally would get sometimes yeah. from. I had to retype some them. of our or some yeah. beloved contributors to very the magazine beloved who still do totally it totally beloved who submitted their yeah. manuscripts in faxed one page typed pieces that some lowly person's job yes. would be to before we had a scanner to retype. Uh, yes, yes, uh, that used to be me, and then and then this this peon who came on after me had to do it. I forgot his name though. He might be in the studio. Uh, but War Games, great cast, by the way. Matthew Broderick, Ali Sheedy, and Dabney Coleman. The great Dabney Coleman. Coleman. And, of course, the director JVL was. John Badham also directed Flashdance. Uh, yeah, he directed a, a very a few interesting movies, uh, actually. Uh, he did Saturday Night Saturday Fever. Night Fever, maybe not Famously, Flashdance. Let me he did Saturday that. Night Fever. And I think uh, the last big one he did was Nick of Time hmm. with Johnny Depp. Uh, but he did some good. Oh, he did uh, Stakeout. You know, with uh, Emilio Estevez, yes, and Richard Dreyfus, uh, movies like that. Uh, and uh, didn't you know? Did you ever meet John Badham, JVL? I never met John Badham. I met his daughter, oh. who was lovely, and uh, we went out a couple times. She was a, a lovely human being. She's a old friends with childhood friends with our friend our mutual friend Jackie, Jackie Goldberg. Goldberg of course. and we had this like weird night where we were out of the town with Amit Zappa and this is back when I used to go to LA all the time yes and it was just you know like one of these crazy it was like the missing years of Christ yeah. I, well, <laughs> I, I, I need I need I actually need like a TV show or movie about JVL's missing years, years like in LA between, between years in LA between you know the Johns Hopkins and the and the you know starting at the Standard. No, I was know. at the Standard. Oh, you were at the, the, the when you were still going. I to, was at the Standard, to, and I would fly out to L.A. on like Friday afternoon and come back on Monday morning. I was. I, I, I do I, this. I, yeah, all the time. How, oh God, was it, how was that? That sounds miserable. Wild it times. Was great. I had Wild all these friends in the industry out there, and I would go out and wind up. No, I, I just mean the parties where it didn't bother me back then. Yeah, you're young. You can handle it. Like the craziest party I was at. I actually wrote a piece for the Standard about this. You know, I'm at this party and somebody takes out this giant boa constrictor and so like the boa constrictor is like making its way around the room and like going from person to person and somebody else pulls out a desert eagle and is like you know hey you know should i shoot the wall out with it and 
And I was, I was like, oh, he didn't shoot the boa constrictor because that's no, no. where I was afraid this was going. Is going to blow the snake no, away. No, 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 no. This was this was not a defense of the boa constrictor. These were two independent events happening simultaneously <laughs> in a small apartment. So basically, this is like the end of Boogie Nights. This is like this, your, your adventures. Your adventures. I believe it. I in my piece. I believe I said I felt exactly like Dirk Diggler in that moment <laughs> where we are. You know, the the, the Chinese but only guy in that sense. is throwing the yeah. throwing the firecrackers, yeah. and Alfred Molina is yes. you know. Dancing to Jenny five four three. What, what no, 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 it's no, no, uh, no, 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 no. It was a Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl, right? And yeah. and, and then uh, ninety nine red balloons, right? And I know. turned to John C. Riley, my, who's actually in this story, <laughs> my friend Heather, and I said, "We gotta go." <laughs> um, I was sworn. I knew. I remember this time, Sonny. Wasn't it Sonny's Sister life. Christian? That too. Three songs. Yes. Yeah. Three okay. songs. Yeah. That's the one I was singing. That's right. Um, and uh, that is, by the way, an amazing, amazing scene. scene. It, 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 everything in that scene is amazing. The well, everything in that movie is Molina had the earpiece, right? But he was not yeah. unfazed at all by the bangs, and the guys were all uh, Thomas Jane. They were all jumping around, jumping around every yeah. time it would, it would go off. Oh, that's right. Thomas Jane is. Sonny yeah. was actually, uh, Sonny, uh, JVL was actually in the Viper Room when River Phoenix died. And you, ever, <laughs> you ever wondered where River Phoenix got the drugs from? I'm not saying who it is. Yeah. I'm just saying. Maybe he was in this room. Maybe. Ugh. Maybe. Sad. Um, okay. Corrections. Additions now. JVR. I have Fox. a correction Ooh-oh. for you, Victorino. Me. What, what could it Obviously be? Obviously not me. In show it, no, Inchoit? no, it is not in show it, it is in coit. <laughs> really, we in everybody coit. has been mispronouncing so things sorry. in these last two episodes. All this time, I'm so sorry. All this time, I've been saying in show it. Uh, thanks a lot. Other question, thanks, Sonny Vitaly. This is a clarification. Is it, it Vitaly? I don't, was it okay? Not, not, uh. I am not, I just want to make clear, I am not, as it turned out, a Prana brand ambassador. I did not say I was. I said that I aspired to be, but I am merely an influencer, official influencer. I have a card and everything, but I have not yet ascended to brand ambassador. That's my goal. You may get there. Sonny. None. Okay. Uh, spirit of the week. Uh, Sonny, you brought this week's uh, spirit. It's an, only but, uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, we've had it before. It's the High West Double Rye. Uh, even JVL is partaking this week. I've had two sips. Soon it's, to be three. Uh, oh, there it oh, goes. Oh, there you go. Uh, Oh, he just oh, fell he on his. He, just, he fell squinted. over. He just fell over. Uh, one of my favorite whiskeys, uh, but we've talked about it before. Vic, you had an drinkable. interesting yes. weekend. Well, you? as you notice, I'm only sipping my bourbon. Um, I had a, a, a fairly rough three days. Um, Kate uh, and her mother uh, did a little. Oh, her lovely mother. Her lovely mother did a, a, a little a ladies' trip away from the children and me uh, to the Biltmore, which was very lovely. Uh, and in North Carolina, and the, the, the Vanderbilt Castle is there, and there's all sorts of lady lovely things to do, strolling the gardens, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just me and the two kids, and then my father-in-law, who said, hey, what are you doing? I'm coming over. So he came over. We started drinking beer. We went to a Chinese restaurant, drank more beer, came back to the house, and had and some- And the kids were fine when you got back the to the house. the kids were fine. They were safe, I think, you, and we had some did whiskey. You, did you just lock the door? Just lock yeah, the bedroom said, door? Kids, like, you know, shove a chair I up said, behind I it? I said, 
said, so kids, you. you know what? To, yeah, that's right. Like, a, like, a, or, Stay or like in a, there. A, a casino. In casino, I just tied, <laughs> you I tied, tied her, the wrists. <laughs> I tied the wrists. I thought she, I thought she was fine. I thought she was fine. And uh, um, and then on Saturday, I said we got to go on a field uh, trip, a little excursion, and we went to Port City Brewing. Uh, which is in Alexandria, just off of Duke Street. And it was fantastic. And we did a tour. Uh, okay, Michael and Sabina were probably the only kids on the tour. Uh, but the tour guide... Pro- probably. Probably. Quote, probably. Probably. Uh, conscripted them. They were volunteers. Michael was handing out, you know, the grains and things. And Sabrina had to bring back these extra pitchers, empty. Uh, and then um, uh, we had, I don't know, six or seven beers apiece. And then uh, f- the best thing about Port City Brewing, by the way, very family friendly. Um, we had a great um, uh, uh, we had we had we had a great uh, tour guide, uh, Rob Schoenberger, I think was his name, uh, and free video games JVL. So they had two upright machines, the kind of machines that have like six games in each one. So and no one was there. So uh, we were drinking, and the kids went right to the uh, arcade machines, and it's Time Pilot. Three different ready <laughs> Your for this? Game. my game. I, I went on for like you twenty seconds. Your children out of the way. A little bit. You could a little bit just to show them how it's done. <laughs> and I went ballistic. And uh, uh, and Daddy's like, playing. Three different kinds. Apparently, three different kinds of Pac Man. Burger Time and nineteen forty three. And lady, you don't need any more than that. Did you take one of these home with you? Oh my gosh! Just, it how can't much? Possibly how much for be the game cabinet? Yeah, no, it can't possibly be that, that expensive. And then there was a basic burger food truck. Everybody was happy, and then uh, magically got home. Did you notice <laughs> the the white panel van next to the basic burger food truck? Because that is actually, I don't know if you know this, that's where Virginia Child Services like to stake out <laughs> to see the parents said, are doing said, things. Why are you that taking my picture? Why are you children? taking my picture? No, I was perfectly fine. I was. Um, uh, one of the really great uh, beers, by the way, is one that I found was the, the best one is like the Hellas and the Czech Pilsner, very light. Um, but they had a Scotch ale, Scottish ale, and it tasted like steak. Like if you're thinking about having a beer and steak, that Scottish ale, and it just was a, it tastes like you were like Worcestershire sauce or something. And I drink Worcestershire sauce all the time. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay. Um, that is spirit of the week. So uh, that's hey, do, about. Do we yes. all, before we get, uh, do, do we all get to plug a Ricochet podcast that we like to tell our listeners to go and Sure, absolutely. That. I love Glop. What about you, uh, JVL? Uh, you're about to say Glop. <laughs> I was going to say Glop because it's got Joan Goldberg and Rob Long and John Putter, the best friends of all of us. Uh, so I, I guess I'll give you a non Ricochet exclusive, but also in the Ricochet feed, the commentary podcast, which is John Putt Horitz, Abe Greenwald, and Noah Rothman. Yeah. It is my favorite podcast on the planet of any flavor. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, you should, if you are even mildly interested in politics, you should subscribe to it. Sonny. Uh, I am a big fan of the uh, Fifth Estate, which is uh, uh, the podcast of uh, Twitter exile Neil Dewing, or possibly Dewing. I don't know how he pronounces he's great. his dumb I really last like name. I love guy. him. He, he left a very nice review oh, for a, us. he's a friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, is he? Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he sadly left Twitter in a huff. Oh, left in a huff. Really? And, uh, I like him even more. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 probably smarter than the rest of us. And also, Jake Russo is on it. Jake Russo has bad opinions mm-hmm. about movies, but he's okay. And I'm definitely not just mentioning them because they were nice enough to have me on as a guest one time. That is definitely not the reason why. Well, yeah, and I'm a big fan I'm, of uh, doing, yeah. and it has uh, Neil doing. It has nothing to do with uh, the fact that he gave a rave review to an interesting book on the history of vodka. Oh, uh, oh good for him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and let's not forget Peter Robinson, of course. All right, so Neil, I've never met too. you, and I have none of these priors, and I think your stuff is great. 
So, okay. Actually, you suck, Neil. <laughs> that is all the time we are giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victory Manus at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on you f- iTunes. You oh, forgot one. Forget. You forgot Who'd one person. JV Last at oh JV Last. No. At, you gotta get. You gotta get him. JV Last. At, at JV Last. At okay. JV. All right. All right. Junior Varsity yeah. Last. It gets to him faster if you actually do the caps JVL and then lowercase. Yeah, you gotta just you see if try to send him some DMs. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under Podcasts, and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends, and don't forget the Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. Until next time. You'll, you'll wow. notice that JBL has like uh, reclined from his microphone. Yeah, He's I reading his, that, his prana, his mm. prana catalog. Mm. You know, I was a little bit worried last week, Vic. Yes, so was I. When when JBL started reaching into his bag to pull something out, he said, "I have something for you." And I was immediately Big flashing. Bag of. I was immediately flashing to all the stories about you know workplace violence and you know what could have what could what could possibly go wrong. Uh, but when right he pulled out, going right at me. When he pulled out the Prada. Uh, pants. Yes. I was extremely excited because I've never owned a pair of fine leather pants like those. I, you know, I was, I was a little bit worried about fitting into them because, you know, I'm still, I've lost a little bit of weight, but I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. on the on the huskier side. And I, uh, I was, I was really, I, so I, I called up my friend Buzz Bissinger, who of course has a very serious oh, yeah, problem of, of buying fancy pants. Fancy yes. leather pants, and, and he was like, "Look, you just get some oil, you squeeze right in there." So the Prada, the Prada jeans were a big hit. You know what home. I, you know, you know what I JBL? got to match uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Prada uh, jeans. Uh, Sonny was a dog collar. Yes, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's perfect good. match for it. No, I have. Oh, oh, we're teasing. oh no, oh, no. Now we're being mean. I only spent hundreds of dollars on my pocket. We're being too mean. We're being too mean. I don't look a good okay, person okay, in the mouth, okay. so I did not look at how much he spent. But I have to tell you this: I had my doubts. I said, uh, I think he was off a little bit on the uh, waist size, but I'm going to try to fit in these anyway. They are surprisingly comfortable and i usually think that the only kind of jeans i can fit into are probably like you know jeggings or you know uh, maternity jeans but these there's a lot of room in there i will say no i i i was i was being mean but both you'll notice you'll notice that both Vic and i are wearing our prana both wearing jeans and they're we both are extremely comfortable right now it's very it's you know Two questions. A lot of crotch room. Oh did you yes. notice how Strictly deep the ballroom. pockets are? The deep, I, deep I actually, not only did I notice, I was like, actually, I recoiled in surprise because my hand kept going. Right. And I was like, wait, what is down there? There might be like a monster right. or something. What is down there? What's down there? <laughs> a monster. <laughs> oh, there's a monster down there. That's not what it's I like was. like a that, kaiju uh, movie in your pants. God damn it. Uh, no, this is, you will wear them for a couple days. And you will never be able to go back to normal. All normal pocket depths will seem inadequate to you. I will say that I have no... I mean, the problem is I've never really had concern about keys or phone or whatever falling out of my jeans pockets. Me neither. Always been. But once you do, once you have the extra deep, you again, as I say, where have you been all my life is yeah. how you will think. And have you been crawling around on the floor after your lovely child in no. them? Because these no. are... You know, they're That's... great for rock climbing or floor play with your young children. I'm sorry, for what? <laughs> when you're oh, like, you put them on oh, the floor play, Jesus, the, the mat, and you gotta like, you know, hey, here, here's the. Uh, quickly, yeah. We're quickly getting blue. This is getting very blue. Yes. We have okay. You, I've, this is our third consecutive episode with not a single explicit. Hey, that word good. in it. What do you mean it's good? It's terrible. 
Yeah, we need to really just start driving. No, no, no. I'm sure it's fine. 